I mean, I think about that as myself all the time. Like, like, and that's where the fun inner child work comes. Like, what? Just because we're adults now, and we have body hair and mortgages. Like, come on, we're still, we're still, we're still that same kid looking at the world and that same like wonder. It's that, yeah. that that kid still resides in there. I heard something on a podcast today. I loved. It was like kids don't hate adults. Kids hate interactions with adults that suck. <laughs> True. Fun. We it's, just stop this podcast here. Like. <laughs> I just think that's such a good litmus test for like, how am I doing as an adult? When I walk into a room full of children or pets, if, if they don't flock to me, like, um, uh, like Ace Ventura and like, I'm like, my animal friends. If that doesn't happen, like I'm losing. Like that means my energy is not in a place where I'm like radiating what I want. <laughs>
Um, and I am a firm believer of that, right? I, I do fall into that camp where I want to make sure my kids get to explore and to like learn their own lessons. But I, I, I totally agree with you. Mm-hmm. It's imperative to have some foundational pieces to kind of plug into. What did you say that I love? We're talking about like a sense of self-efficacy and self-worth. Mm-hmm. I think that is so important nowadays. Um, I mean, even in my generation, I see there's like two types of people. Um, I mean, obviously we're in the same generation, but I noticed in my cohort coming through college and into career, mm-hmm. it's like the ones who are very um, go-getter, assertive type A. And then there's the very like, you know, we didn't really aspire to do much. I don't really feel like I have a place to make a difference in this world. Mm-hmm. And I really didn't notice that in my brother's generations, my parents' generation. I, I think it kind of started with that like Gen X, Gen Y, now to Z. Um, and it's been very interesting to just watch that. Uh-huh. Well, something that you said that I picked up on was the verbiage of parenting your kids, right? And there's like the helicopter parenting, but then there's also, I I was listening to, I can't remember which one it was. It was a parenting podcast and they were talking about the difference between parenting and coaching. Mm -hmm. And they were saying at some point, like you shift roles in your child's journey where parenting is like, okay, sweet pea, let's brush your teeth, let's yeah. wipe your butt, like right, like those micromanaging pieces sure. that they can't do themselves, and sure. you're teaching them how. But then when they know how, it becomes that coaching piece. Of course. Like, how do I help you tie this? Like, uh, nobody likes to brush their teeth. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I like to brush my teeth. I like fresh breath. But kids don't like to brush their teeth, right? It's an inconvenience for them. And helping them tie that to something that's important to them. That's more of like shifting into that coaching and helping them understand why those skills are important in their life. The why. The why. Helping them understand, but not just the why. Like, oh, you're going to have clean teeth. Like, so what? Right? Why do you have clean teeth? Like, my son loves to stream and he wants his face out there on YouTube. Like, don't you think you want a nice teeth for people to look at? Like, oh, now it's making sense. Right? So how is something that matters to them? To them, specifically. And I do think that as a parent, that really requires you to number one, have a deep understanding of who you are, mm. but also have yeah. a deep understanding and respect for the uniqueness of your child yeah. and learning how to shift from parenting into coaching so that they do develop that self-efficacy and, and creating that space to allow them to be challenged mm-hmm. in a safe way, right? Like as long as they're not going to die, if they can do it for themselves, I'm going to let them do it for themselves. Yeah. They're going to do it wrong. They're going to do it messy. They're going to do it sloppy. They're going to go slow. They're going to do it slow. <laughs> And then slowly they'll figure it out. But that's always something that's on my heart is how do we support them in navigating this world? Because really, truly, that's our job as a parent. It's not to do everything for them. It's to guide them to live a life that they love with self-efficacy and confidence. I think that's what they mean and the point they were driving with you don't parent your children. I think it's more about you don't need to micromanage them. The less you can do for them actually is better because they'll be able to figure it out for themselves. And when you think back, at least I'll be candid, when I think back to when I parent my children the most, it's when I need them to do something in compliance so that we can get somewhere, so that there's a, a goal. It doesn't mean that you're rude about it or anything like that, but there's an underlying selfish motive for that parenting, mm-hmm. right? And that's that's where you, what you just said is so true. You have to be really self-aware. And, you know, that's when it's like, okay, if, if this is not going to cause anyone like harm or, you know, if we're not going to like miss the bus or whatever, like fine, just do it yourself. We'll be fine. Um, but there are instances where then you have to explain, like, hey, normally mommy lets you do this. But in this case, we have a, we have a deadline. We're going to be a team. we got to make this down. We have two minutes. Let's do it. Let's turn it into a game. <laughs> That's great. Because it's more fun that way. Like, who yeah. wants to be, like, shoved from here to there? Like, I talk about that all the time. Yeah. But yeah. imagine being a kid nowadays. It's yeah. like, it's like, like, I feel like you're herding sheep. It's like, 
pow, you go off to the next thing. <laughs> it's like they must feel so freaking annoyed, right? <laughs> my dad has frustrated. My dad has this great term. He calls them sheeples. Yeah, sheeples. And it's like the the people that just like we call them the same thing. You know, go through life. They, they go through yeah. life like herding around and just doing what everybody else does with no self-awareness of their unique gifts, their right. talents, their treasures, their contributions. Right. And, and it does make you wonder, like, how does that tie back to how oh, they great. were either parented or coached? What challenges were they gifted mm-hmm. that allowed them to suffer a consequence? Allow them to suffer a consequence. <laughs> I know in our society, it's kind of looked upon, like, if you're in a park and your kid doesn't want to share, or uh, they're very, like, assertive. I have a boy, he's like all boy energy. He's like, go, 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 <laughs> like climb the walls to the point where we built a wall for him to climb. Like in our society, I understand that's kind of looked upon as like, you know, he's out, he's on the fringe, like he's outside of like the sit down. But like, I don't want to regulate that mm-hmm. because I feel like I was well behaved, but I was like that. I have a niece who's incredibly smart and she was very, like, I feel like this is them learning those boundaries, learning what they want to be. And and in good and bad, like having to play out what it's like to be mean, and how does that really make you feel? Mm-hmm. And then and then that making the different distinction and choice the next time. But the more that we regulate that, they don't have the opportunity. So when you talk about the sheeple, my daughter and I talk about this all the time, um, mainly in like following the flow that society has left before you or in front of you, and not following your own heart, your own true north, your own inner guidance, mm-hmm. like. I think it does come back to you were kind of beat into a box or beat into submission at one point. Not it doesn't have to be physically beaten. Yeah. It can even be yeah. very, very yeah. gently coerced into, <laughs> into a closet. <laughs> but it's kind of the same thing. And, and then you're like, the one point you either wake up and you're like, okay, this is what I want, or you don't. And you know what? Sometimes people are very happy that way, and that's awesome. Yeah. It's just not me. <laughs> yeah, it's not me either. I never I identified with that. Sure. And you know, it's it's a once you do wake up to it, there's also that double-edged sword of, am I going to choose to be a victim of it and say, this happened oh. to me, therefore I'm special, I'm nothing can cure me. You could almost get addicted to how your childhood made you a sheeple and you can be upset about the rest oh, of your life. You're saying, right? you or like you can be like, huh, right? huh. how can I step out of this in a way that's empowering? How can I see what's gotten me up to where I am? Yeah. as for me and how can I leverage that to shift it not only for myself but for that next generation and without judgment without victim mindset without that's interesting that burden consciousness right right because right. you can always you get to choose you get to decide whether it was to you or for you exactly what's interesting about that is like because you're a coach and because you work a lot with people who have traumas like that's an interesting stance that you take because I, I would not have even thought of that but I understand that people can get stuck Right. And then there's like stories that become like, what is it? Your story becomes your mood. Your mood becomes like your personal reality, which comes, you know, your personality. Like uh-huh. it just kind of all shifts. Yeah. It's very interesting to hear that. Yeah. I like that well, and as a parent, like how does that translate to your children? Oh, how you're parenting them and how they're going to move into this world. It's so much about connectivity. And I, uh-huh. I, I'm like very spiritual in my own personal life. I love, I love to watch people use different religions or different communities, mm-hmm. or different insert thing. I've seen people, you know, do this with a hobby or tinkering, or just a sense of like their way of belonging to the universe. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Doctor yeah. Rocco, our uh, spiritual uh, aligned um, chiropractor, was talking about how your spine resonates with a very distinct vibration that's even more, even more um, identifiable and, and separate than the fingerprint. It's that unique. Yep. And he was even talking about like in communal families 
how the parents and their spinal like alignment of just that resonance sets the tone for the family. It's like the same thing at a very scientific or spiritual, whichever you subscribe to level, right. but it's all microchasms of the same lesson. It's like, it's, it's like universe, God, whatever you subscribe to science, whatever has laid it out for us in all these beautiful fractals and different overlays for us to figure it out in our own way, because we are unique and we all do see things differently. Right. I just mm-hmm. think that's so cool to see how people connect to that and then through which their truth can flow. And I think that's a part of it too. Absolutely. If you don't give yourself the space to play, if you don't give your, we are so all work, no play. Like there's this, um, in my business, like there's a really big milestone that I, I needed to accomplish. And I felt so bad about this until last night when like my body viscerally was like, <laughs> I could not work. Like, it was like, I telling me no. And I'm like, no, this is our time. And it's like, no, uh-uh. no, you right. bag of protoplasma in a costume. <laughs> this is not your time. And then I was like, all right, I'm not, I'm not going to find it. And instead uh-uh. I'm going to play. I'm going to take my daughter. I'm, and it's like, we give clout to working when you know what in stepping back i'm going to gain so much more clarity i'm going to be so ready when this time comes in the next month or two and it's going to be so much better because i'm listening i'm listening to myself there's it's like we need to self-parent we need to self-boundaries <laughs> on ourselves so we can recognize it for our children right and that way when your kid decides to say no to you maybe we honor that maybe we let them have a decision in their own life yeah or maybe we just simply say tell me more I love that. Like, right? Help me understand that. No. Yes. Yes. Because oftentimes when our children speak to us, we hear it through our lens, through our context, through our experience. And this goes for any communication, not just with our children. This can be across the board. But especially when it comes to your children, like, they, all they require from us is to be seen and heard, not to be agreed with. Mm -hmm. Because I tell my children, like, you are free to come and disagree with me. You are free to share an opposing opinion, a thought that you think might conflict with mine. Love it. And I'm open to hearing it. It doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to change the decision because at the end of the day, you are in my care and yep. I am creating this family, right? And we're co-creating it together. Yep. So depending on what you bring to the table, it may or may not change the decision, but I want you to know that you always have a voice. Yeah, exactly. And I can see you, I can hear you, I can honor you without needing to agree or disagree. And and yes, and I will I will internalize and I will really think about what you said. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. Yeah. You have very um I'm very motivated and just moved by the way you parent your children. Um I know through conversations, like you ask some questions like, tell me what's the best part about being you, or tell me what's the best part about being eight. What's the worst part about being eight? Uh, what's the hardest part about being eight? And I just love the questions that you ask because I was just saying this with another conversation. They're bridges. You are making a bridge from your adult reality to their reality. Mm-hmm. And it's not them that's going to acquiesce and change. It's really going to be you opening your paradigm a little bit wider to now have all of the intellect that you have as an adult and then be able to tie it to their very high emotional quotient, you know, bodies. Because in a lot of ways, kids have a higher emotional quotient than us. And we we really do shape them to fit into a mold which will be successful in one model. But is it setting us up for the future with AI and with all this stuff? I think we're better off making our bridges to them uh, and letting them tell us the future because they have a better chance than we do to figure it out. It's so true. I do often think about this. Like, I don't know. I, this is probably the first time I'm verbalizing this. But I often think, like, I don't know that I'm fully prepared to lead them to wherever this future is going. Because yeah. it is evolving so quickly. And... One of the things that I was listening to this morning was that the Surgeon General is now in the U.S. is discussing the fact that low, like 
one half of the adult population experiences loneliness. They report that they are lonely, which then sets us up for anxiety and depression and malfunctioning relationships. And how do we foster our children being in tune with themselves, in community with one another, and co-creating with all this incredible AI? Exactly. Right? Because I do think that AI is part of what creates separation. And I will just this is bold. This might step on some toes. This is triggering. We're going to lose this. I'm just going to like, <laughs> just step on toes. I, I honor you. <laughs> I see you. And you are very good. Like, you are agree with you. <laughs> if you don't agree, you're welcome here. <laughs> but I do really see how locking people in their homes for two years, shutting down an economy, sticking people behind video screens. Yeah. It all contributed 100%. to where we are now. And, and I know that there are benefits and drawbacks to both sides. And I don't think that anybody like manipulated society to make us all anxious and depressed. She's being very politically correct. I, I am not Normal Jess would speak much more a conspiracy <laughs> theorist. But I will absolutely say that isolating us in our homes, and now like it's like we're trying to figure out how to human again. 100%. And really, it's just it's but, this. But maybe that's a good thing. I, I agree. <laughs> I, I agree with you. <laughs> so, I'm not sure the way we were humaning pre-COVID was very nice. <laughs> it's interesting. There's a yeah. lot to unpack with this. I was just mm-hmm. doing our, um, our our pitch deck for for Mighty Morsels and Snacks by Nature, and um, I was you know making the the deck, and a lot of the statistics are staggering, and they're what you just said. So by 2050, do you want to venture a guess at what percentage of youth will be obese if we continue the same trend? If I ha- well, currently, what I know is about 20 percent are currently overweight. Mm-hmm. So if we fast forward that 25 years from now, I would guess that 75% would be overweight and probably at least 60% will be obese. She's really good, 57%. That'd be my guess. 57%. That's terrifying. And um, so Harvard did this like very um, like cross study in the past few years um, from 2019 to just 2022. And wow, 57% obesity, if we don't change. Um, 61% of children feel lonely. Um, constantly, and then forty-seven uh, percent. These are these are today numbers mm-hmm. uh, report being depressed, mm-hmm. like often. So when you talk about what you said earlier, which struck me because I, I I literally just had the same thought last night is we are not equipped as parents to fix this. Like we have yeah. to just oh. we have to just really pause and like let that internalize. Like gave me goosebumps. We caused this <laughs> radical responsibility. Steps on your toes, that's probably a good thing. (laughs) I I, I love that you said that because sometimes the most triggering things, like I like when I get a dislike on a um, a video or comment because I'm like, good, did that make you think about something? Awesome. I'm really glad we got to have that forum for you to internalize it. Yeah. But if we really look at at what's happening, and I'll just, I'll use myself as an example. Like I'm pretty mindful as a parent. I try to be so spot on, but there are absolutely times that I get stuck and lost. I, I, when my kids are awake, we do, we do a really good job of trying to give them healthy, nutritious options. I have a three-year-old that refuses sometimes to eat anything but pizza. Guess what? He gets pizza because I want him to eat something. And I'll throw some veggies and some fruit with it because the kids got to eat something. Um, so I, I'm good with like, you know, letting it flow. But when they go to bed, yeah, I occasionally break the pantry. Uh-huh. And I love how you talk so openly about goldfish and Nutella. It yeah, 100%. <laughs> like, it's, it's their habits, yeah, right? Yeah. And their habits that our kids don't have now because I'm parenting them. But what happens when they're not under that? Mm-hmm. You just watched, you just walked in my daughter's room. There's a candy wrapper under her, under her pillow. Mm-hmm. Like we're, we are myopic if we don't see the connection. And if we don't have it figured out in ourselves, how do we expect them to figure it out? So there's two things that this leads me into. Number one is the, the brands of the future, 
the parent, the, the people who step into the next generation, they need to be, it, it's going to be different. There will definitely always be people who want to make profit for profit's sake, but people like my daughter who came to me and said, mom, I want to make a better brand around kids and family snacking. So as a part of that, it's not just about the food and the nutrition content. It's also like, what are we doing for the environment? A portion of the proceeds going to help other children in need the way she was when she was little before we got her. Those type of holistic things. Mm -hmm. So it's obviously something very near and dear to my heart. But I know a lot of our parents, because you guys have told me, you know, you want to go do the thing. There are things that you are working toward that you want to bring your unique special gifts that we were just talking about, your inner child stuff. And now give yourself the opportunity to open that up and, and go change the world with it. Mm -hmm. And that that is what we absolutely need to start disrupting the patterns that we've set. And also mm -hmm. to understand as a parent, while you're doing that work, which is a lot, and I know, we both know, we both run <laughs> several businesses and parent, we can't shut it down in our next generation. The most important thing is to let them see you do it and just be open so they can do it. They feel, like you said, they feel comfortable letting it come out and flow and testing mm -hmm. their own waters. Mm -hmm. I mean, even if you do nothing else with your life, I think you're in a wild success. Completely agree with that. I love the fact that you're highlighting leading from the front, right? Leading from the front, being willing to be like, I have this on my heart. I don't really know where to go, but I'm just going to take the next step and the next step and the next step. And if it's messy, then I'll shift. Um, there was a podcast that I used to follow and she was talking about uh, the fact that there's no wrong decision. None. There is no wrong decision. There's only a decision and feedback that allows you to course correct. Yep. So it doesn't matter what you choose. It's not right. It's not wrong, but you're never going to get that feedback to know which way to go next. If you never make the decision. Yep. And I think that is part of raising up this next generation is giving them permission to make a decision and have the wisdom to listen to the feedback yeah. because we're so terrified of failure, the F word, right? Yeah. We're so terrified of a failure. And even my daughter says it like, but what if I fail? And I'm like, baby girl, what if you fly? Mm -hmm. What if you fly? Cause both can be true. I always say fear and faith require you to do the same thing. Mm, they it. require you to believe in something that has not yet happened. So where do you want to put your energy? I was listening to a, a podcast just this morning. He was like, panic and planning both take energy. Yeah, exactly. Where do you want to invest? And I was like, it's so simple. <laughs> and, and to take the stigma off of failure. And mm -hmm. so what if mm -hmm. you do? And you will. Mm -hmm. Now tell me more about that. How do you feel about failure? Well, failure's bad. Why? Because of X. Okay. If that's the way you feel. And then show, and then perspective as a parent. It's our yeah. opportunity to show the perspective. Michael Jordan. Um, when Gretzky, like all the greatest people that ever had the greatest uh, yeah. records, they also had the most hits. They've had the most fails. They've had the most missed shots. So yeah. it's, it's showing them yeah. failing fast mm -hmm. and what that means. One of my business mm -hmm. mentors, um, awesome gentleman, love him so much, talks about, you know, the reason he's been so successful in um, business is because mm -hmm. he's allowed himself to fail and he's taken the mm -hmm. uh, sting out of failure. He celebrates failure. He mm -hmm. um, was trading crypto and he watched his crypto just freaking plummet. His, <laughs> his brand new, his wife, and she's like, looking at this and, and like he pulls her over he's like honey just just sit here and just watch and they just watch the computer and like everything's just like a fire sale everything's going down he's like you'll never see a fire like this again and he's like actually saying that they just lost like half a million two million dollars whatever it was. In the fire. but what type of person can say that one who has the self-efficacy that i'll just figure out a new way to make it yeah. Holy crap to me. If we yeah. can instill that in our children, we've won. We have totally won. And that speaks to 
resourcefulness, right? So when I am coaching somebody through, like they show up, like, oh, I've totally failed. So tell me more about that. Exactly. How do you define failure? Right. What does that mean to you in comparison to what? Exactly. What are you making it mean? And at the end of the day, when we like dig through all of those layers of failure, the conclusion is always the same. Oh, that was totally for me, and I'm going to do it better next time. Like across the board, like zero percent variance from that. <laughs> We always think like there's one path we have to go. I was listening to a Aubrey Marcus, Mateus to Stefano podcast yesterday. Like all rivers lead to the ocean, whether it's an upstream mm -hmm. slog or it's a nice downflow, flowing, beautiful, easy. They all lead there. And it's not like you have to have the one right decision to your point. You just have to like have a little bit of faith in the journey and just have fun with it. Mm -hmm. I feel like the more heady we are and the more that we micromanage ourselves, the more we are out of flow. Mm -hmm. And that's why sometimes even though the, spiritual decision doesn't match the human decision or what you feel doesn't match what you want just gotta just gotta trust it and be like all right what happens if i don't yeah. do it tomorrow yeah i'll do it next week I'll and i'll be more prepared that's right so fine i i was chatting with my virtual assistant this morning she saves my life shout out to pinky but um she i i was saying something to the fact that like yeah this is kind of a weird season but i'm really excited for the great things that are coming and she responded with don't all great things start weird and i was like I'll ponder that for a second like I feel like I was really deep like yeah. great things start weird so if you're afraid of weird and, and this is another conversation with our children is the stigma around those words judgment and comparison and weird, weird. and odd and outside the box like yeah. normal they abnormal none of those words mean anything no. except what you make them mean to you exactly and so helping our children number one release comparison and as a parent i am very cautious about social media yeah. so i have one child that can govern very very well and knows when like oh this is not appropriate i'm gonna pull myself out and i have another child who will go down rabbit holes and next thing you know we're talking about body image issues and i'm like what just happened and so I have one child that has very free access and I have another child whose stuff is locked down. Because, because you know their individual uniquenesses. Correct. And yeah. it's my job as a parent to harness their gifts in the right direction. Yes. And Not control them. Yeah. But harness them in the right direction. Yes. Right? And there's like that, that, that fine edge, right? Of like, I locked it down. That's parenting. Mm -hmm. And now we're talking about Good how job. it's for me. And how am I leveraging that lockdown to then create what opportunities is that giving me? That's coaching. Yep. So it's it's riding that line of both. And yep. now, you know, I've got one child who's locked down, but she's using her creativity to create earrings. And now she's going to business and she's very artsy and she's dancing and she's moving. And it gave her time to separate and to tap back into herself. Exactly. And it gave her space to like suffer in it for a minute. Yeah. Grieve and that perceived loss, but then decide like, how is this for me and how am I going to leverage it for next? You're really good at that. So obviously you deal and work through this with a lot of your clients and the traumas because you're very good at pinpointing. Mm -hmm. Here is the exact point where this could become a trauma or this could become a, uh, a propelling area. Like this could become a trampoline for me to go to the next thing. I think that's really good. Mm -hmm. I love that you are able to do that. And it's interesting in today's age. I know we were talking about this before. It's like, you do want to give your children the ability to be um, the freedom to, you know, to go out and express themselves, mm -hmm. but you do need to also keep them safe, right? Like absolutely, that's and and you yeah, and you do not and you should not feel bad about that. Like yeah. that is something that yeah. you get your right as a parent, um, and it's very interesting to see that. Like mm -hmm. my daughter's homeschooled, so we allow her to do social media, but with the context, like I get I have whatever that thing is where I can see all of her snaps and stuff like that, so I can monitor that because yeah. 
it's not that I don't, and, and here's a huge distinction we have to make with our child. Sweetheart, I trust you. Correct. I don't trust the rest of the world. Correct. And their interactions with a beautiful soul. Because they, you know, because not everybody has that same heart. We all know uh -huh. this as parents, uh -huh. but it is always an interesting conversation. You have to think about where to draw that line. And like, I have a friend of mine who's um, making a cosmetic brand with his daughter. Um, he's a single dad raising his daughter. Um, they're making an all natural cosmetic line because he comes from biotech and he realizes all the crap that's in their lip gloss actually causes the cancers and stuff that he was trying to prevent in the biotech industry. So it's like, sometimes we're so uniquely positioned as parents mm -hmm. to take the parenting journey and take our individual kiss. And then we make something incredible out of it to offer the world. Absolutely. But in this instance, his daughter and him, they're, he wants to obviously um, start to create like an awareness around it. But he had to really think really hard about, do I want my daughter? Do I want her to be the face of this brand? Do I want her on social media? Um, because she's younger, right? She's like 11. So yeah, that's all great. The fact that we're internalizing it and we're thinking through it. Yeah. And then, you yeah. know, well, in different ways. And shout out to Dr. Alok Trevetti, because this is his work incorporated into my life, but he talks about the balance of all things. So he talks about trauma, not just as a negative trauma, but as a positive trauma, like where like as a child, you win everything, you get every single trophy, you're celebrated for every little thing you do great, you know, gold star, ribbon, trophy, whatever. And then you get out into the real world and you experience your first loss. And now you're a wreck because you have this positive expectation Yeah. versus the negative trauma and his work goes through the perception of both and and he's right. like there's a yin and a yang to everything so 100%. the goal is not to be positive is not to be negative but to find the homeostasis the balance of both perceptions right because at any given time if you're winning there's also some area where you're losing yeah so learning in the moment to balance those so that you're not walking around this world traumatized because of imbalanced perceptions yes and good. i think that's useful for children as well like okay well you like did this great job you did an amazing thing yes let's celebrate you but let's not you get get you like high on pride and elation and all this stuff because we know pride comes before the fall like yeah. that's that's a universal truth so how do i stay humble yeah. and find the other side of that so that i enjoy the moment in a balanced way and that's coaching that my children got to experience through um, Dr. Trevetti's daughter, Ashiana, she does a coaching program right, for kids. Told me that. That's awesome. So they and experience she's a kid. that. Yeah. She's a kid coaching kids on these incredible, like balancing concepts. And so my children really, for the most part, navigate this life in a really balanced way. Like if, you know, the universe gives them a smackdown, they're like, Oh, I was too prideful. And they giggle about it. That's great. Right. Yeah, you so it's just really cool. Life, so it helps. Yeah. It's, it's what you put in front of them, but it's also mm -hmm. that you're doing it day in and day out. Yes. And that's a good point when it comes to parenting is what are you helping your children fill their mind with? Yes. Because if you're giving them free reign on YouTube, I guarantee you, it is not things that are teaching them how to navigate this world. It's, it's things that are destroying their self-confidence, growing comparison, teaching them how to be like my daughter, mean girls club. I was talking about like, she, she tends towards like mean girls club drama. Like she gets sucked into those so hard and fast. So we talk about that. dopamine like, hits, bro. This is, done for, this is done for a reason. Absolutely. It's interesting to have that conversation. And we, we do the same with Kina too. And that's where I'm, you know, my business kind of marketing hat comes in. I'm like, well, tell me what about that you like. And what do you think the goal of YouTube is? Or the goal of any organization? Because um, I do love YouTube. Please don't censor my video. Um, you know, like, <laughs> they want you to spend time there. But now, now let's set the step back. How does this serve you? Right? Because I think it can be the poison and the medicine. 
We got absolutely shout out to the new Harry Potter game that I've been waiting for on PS4 that just came in. Um, I almost <laughs> wanted to buy a PS5 just to play this damn game a month earlier, but we waited. <laughs> we, just got it. we just got it on Prime the other day. Um, I can't wait to play that with my daughter, but that's the medicine. But we're not the type of family. I can't say the last time I picked up the sticks for book trolls for those of you that play. Um, and like we haven't played in forever, but that's that's medicine. But if it becomes a poison, you have to, mm-hmm. you know, you have to put boundaries. There's something you said that I yeah. wanted to highlight. So she kind of came into our life in a slightly different way. Where she, and I think what you said is great. I love the balanced perspective. I love understanding. Um, if you win, like I say this to to our son a lot. Like if he does something, they celebrate the win. And I'm like, that's awesome. But how do you think X feels? Because your win means they lost. And I'm okay with you being proud that you did this. But I also want you to be aware mm-hmm. of what that feels like. Because you won't always win. There will be areas where you don't. Mm-hmm. And now how are you going to handle that? And what does that feel like? So I, I, that awareness, I think, is really good. Just to have them understand. Mm-hmm. So there's empathy. And then what I was going to say about my daughter is when you were talking about expectations. And you want them to, you don't want them to be like so... I am always winning. And then when they get hit with a challenge, it's, it's like almost uh, insurmountable. It's interesting because our perspective on that was very different with her coming into our life in the non-traditional way she did. I I always had to teach her, honey, like expect magic, Mm -hmm. expect it every day. Mm -hmm. And when you go out, your job today is to find it and tell me about it. I want you to find the magic out there, Mm -hmm. expect something unexpected. And when you see it, Mm -hmm. tell me. Mm-hmm. And that can be as cool as a shooting star as a rainbow. It can be as crazy as, you know, what, whatever human, human thing this is. Like this bird flew through all this traffic and it came out unscathed and it was just like expect it and find it mm-hmm. because reticular mm-hmm. activating system. I, she specifically, now this is parenting based on each kid's individuality yep. and their circumstance of what they need, but she needed to know the world had good for her because she had a rough start. Mm-hmm. And because of it, I, she still sees the best in people and the world. So it's, it's just cool. But to your point, all of this is just so circumstantial based on you, your kid. And I think that's the best part is just understanding that discernment. And that's the fun part is kind of like getting to play with it, right? There's so much out there. Mm-hmm. This brings me to something else I want to talk about. Before we do that, perhaps to you as a parent for understanding where your children are existing in this world with imbalanced perspectives, right? Because that is your version of helping them balance themselves out because she was so far balanced to bad things are going to happen that you had to help her balance herself to the good things. So her, her perspective probably tends towards what's bad, what's negative, what's dark. It used to. And right. And so now you're supporting her in both sides. Yep. That's brilliant. And then the other one. Yep. And then the other one who's like, bring him down to earth. Modifying it and yang. <laughs> is that not parenthood? They're all so different. So he's like the strongest kid. His first like baseball hit ever. He's like in the outfield. He's just a strong kid. He's like a big, small, and Italian kid. Um, but he's not a runner, right? <laughs> he is like mortified when these tall, slender, really tiny kids like grab the ball and he's like halfway to the ball. And it's always like the funnest thing. It's like, you know what? There are things that you're just naturally have the disposition to crush, like snacking things. And there are things you have to work at, like speed. <laughs> And I think about that to myself all the time. Like, like, and that's where the fun inner child work comes. Like, what? Just because we're adults now and we have body hair and mortgages, like, come on, we're still, we're still, we're still that same kid looking at the world in that same like wonder. It's that yeah. that, that kid still resides in there. Yeah. So give some life to that every so often. It just makes it more it makes it more fun, right? Um, I heard something on a podcast today I loved. It was like kids don't hate adults. Kids hate interactions with adults that suck. 
<laughs> True. We just stopped this podcast here. Like, <laughs> I just think that's such a good litmus test for like, how am I doing as an adult? When I walk into a room full of children or pets, if, if they don't flock to me, like, um, uh, like Ace Ventura and like, like, like my animal friends. If that doesn't happen, like I'm losing. Like that means my energy is not in a place where I'm like radiating what I want. Like, like that's why like it's great to use the world is your mirror. Because it's true. Like if there's ever a situation where that happens, I'm like, ooh, I'm super low vibes. Why? Let me retune myself. Let me get out of these goals that I think I need to achieve mm-hmm. to do all the things, to be all the things to everybody. And in the meantime, mm-hmm. I'm totally ignoring the people that I love and respect and get the most value out of this world. Yeah. Pause the hustle, girl. Dude, okay. This is going to be kind of a left field thing, but I feel like you're the I'm right ready. person to have Bring this it. with. So in that same Aubrey Marcus podcast, shout out to Aubrey Marcus and shout out to Michaela Sistefano. I love you. Oh my God, you're amazing. <laughs> um, they were talking about something so interesting that I think as parents with kids and technology and AI, I think it's just something that's way out there, but has some relevant cords that we can like tie back. Mm-hmm. They were talking in, in the spiritual context, when you do like meditations, journeys, whatever that is, how you kind of start to go off in these mental, you're like, you know, you're, you're lost in these mental thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, and the gentleman, Matthias Stefano, like his gift in this world is he has a very thin veil between what he remembers from like different lives and stuff. Probably lost some of you, it's fine. Um, it's fine. <laughs> I love you anyway. Go watch the um, podcast episode. <laughs> yeah. But basically what he's saying is there's a very thin line between, um, you know, going down these paths mentally and schizophrenia mm-hmm. where you get stuck mm-hmm. in these paradigms mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. can't bring yourself back. Now let me make some ties and then I want to see, I want your thoughts. Have you ever been walking through your day and X and Y and Z are happening and you're kind of going down this path and now your brain is in this place where you are just not present. You're going through all the mental things or leading to the next things or leading to the next things. You are now stuck in this mental loop. And there are literally people, we see them on the side of the road holding signs all the time. They just never were able to come back. And I know it happens to adults, you know, 20, 30, 50, 90 seconds. But I sometimes I think, like, man, there's a part of you that gets stuck there. And then you're not fully pulled back into presence until something incredible happens. Like you think of the birth of a child or in some cases, something tragic. Some people have, you know, a, a passing of a friend or something. And that really roots them back into reality. So and then I make a second parallel, technology, right? When your kids, and, and I, I by and large do think technology is a tool. I think AI is an extension of something we've created. Mm-hmm. So we can use it for good and we can use it to propel ourselves even further instead of being fearful of it. Um, because I'm not, I think it's awesome. Um, but same thing, you can go down these rabbit holes, which we've all seen. If you have a teenager that has a te- television, a phone or a, a, a game console, we all know what this is. But to understand the parallels between that and what the clinical diagnosis of schizophrenia and, and psychosis is, holy crap, it's, it's not it's not a big gap. It's not a big jump. Mm-hmm. Well, and you could beg the question, are we all schizophrenic? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like what, what d- differentiates it in our current reality is the, the diagnosis that it affects your ability to like care for yourself and to put a roof over your head and to eat food, right? Yeah. Like that's the clinical definition. Can like you be at normal? Which point it exceeds the box and you become diagnosable, right? Sabrina Romero would be a great person to have that conversation with because she uh, is a hypnotherapist. Yes. And she's actually the one who brought that concept to my thought table. And I was like, oh, wow. That's interesting, right? Yeah. This is the food for thought. Right. Um, and also goes to what you said with what's normal. Right, right. And, and realizing that what's normal is a definition that somebody or a group of some people somewhere decided. Some of this reality, is, or, this or, is, or someone's perceived reality. Or a group of people's reality, yeah. right? And and not to 
diminish that diagnosis or how it affects your current reality and the things that we do to treat it. But it does beg the question, how are we staying connected with our current presence? How are we fostering the here and now? How are we leveraging what's at our fingertips to create in this experience? I really, truly feel strongly that we are all put here to create and evolve. If we are not creating and evolving in our own special way, we might as well be dying. And like at the end of the day, that's the reason for disease. It's the reason for mental illness. It's the reason for isolation. Like, because you stopped creating and evolving. And to your point, that creation, that evolution requires a connection with that inner person. Yeah. Right? Because creation is play. Creation doesn't have boundaries. Creation is, I'm going to be a superhero when I grow up and let me see if I can fly by jumping off this couch. Right? (laughs) It's experimentation. I had a hypnotherapist on, um, uh, Dr. Joseph Drubheller, shout out to him. He's amazing. And I learned something that day. I have never just, I've never heard a human say this more eloquently. Trees, maybe. Humans, no. Um, <laughs> I, but you know what I mean? Like there's a, there's just like this quintessential nature when you're outside that like obviously you're not, you're not having human English translation, but it's just the underlying message is just so clear that you kind of get it in its own like way. But like to hear a human say this was so good. He's He explained how emotions are meant to be felt and released. Yep. If you don't do either of those two things, you don't allow them to be felt, as I coin you to the term feel the feels, if you don't allow them to be felt or allow them to go through you and you hold them, you've lost. And they show up in different ways. If a, yep. a lesson comes to you and you just say, no, that's not for me. Or uh, a challenge and instead of saying, what is this meant to teach me? What am I supposed to feel right now? And just sitting in that for a minute. We talked about like sitting in your, sitting in, in the craft. What's going to happen is you're going to, you're literally law of attraction, science, reticular activation, however you want to go through it. You're going to pull another experience like that in your life. And usually it's something a little bit more rigorous. Yeah. Fight with your spouse, yep. Uh, yep. you know, a, a traffic jam that causes you to miss a client meeting, whatever that is. And, and if you still choose not to engage, you're still in your, you know, <laughs> this is what I mean by the schizophrenic ties. Yep. You're still so far in your head. You're not allowing yourself to be pulled. Yep. Well, now it's going to cause itself to come up in an even more strong way, uh-huh. an even more strong way. And the same thing with if you allow yourself to feel it, and this is where you hit the nail on the head, and you do not allow it to pass through. You use it as a place of trauma, and you hold it, and you nurture that sad baby in there, and you just give it all this. Now you're growing a dis-ease, a disease. Correct. We're getting better at this now, and we're getting much better at the whole gut health connection and what that means. Mm -hmm. um, But that, to me, was like, wow. It was just so Mm -hmm. easy. And you know who's really good at doing this? Kids. Kids. And we teach them to suppress because we are uncomfortable with them feeling their feels. And there's a book, 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership. Commitment number three teaches you how to feel the feelings in the easiest, most systematic, easy to understand way. It's the process I walk all my clients through and I take myself through and my kids through when we have, when we feel some kind of way. Yep. Because feelings are feedback. Yep. And I'll, I will credit, I'll credit Dr. Trevetti again for this because he talks about the different levels of feedback. Like our first level of feedback is our psychology. Yep. Then it's our physiology. That's right. Then it's our sociology. And he continues to go on from there where it's basically like it's a lot of ologies, the two by four Godsmack, right? (laughs) Like you were talking about. Yes. But really like if we learn how to listen to the psychology and the biology feedback and learn how to work with what it's telling us. Yeah. Rock and roll. That's, Let's go. That same thing you just have mentioned, and this is why I love the, the Easter eggs of the universe, mm-hmm. that a microchasm of that happens with your kids. 
if you're you, you're quick to anger and you don't allow the subtle small conversations to happen yep. um like dr allison reese was saying on a previous podcast your children stop listening to your pleasant tone of voice and now you have to have an active god yep because it's this it's the same thing isn't it so cool just to take a layering <laughs> and like it's almost like this like it was like a gift given to us like here just unwrap layer by just layer like that. That's so fun. you it's know amazing. there's an exercise that my daughter and i do because we are both like we're a little bit uh hair triggered like we go zero to piss real quick and we can be reactive with, you, with each other. And when I finally recognized the pattern between us, I was like, baby girl, I love you so much. And I really don't like feeling this way yeah. around you. And I know you feel it too. So we made an agreement like, hey, girl, I'm feeling really frustrated because of X, Y, and Z. Not because you're you the problem, yes. but because when you do these things, it, I interpret it in such a way that makes me feel angry. And what I really need right now is, can I just have permission to scream in your face? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I've got some issues with you too. When you do X, Y, and Z, this is how I feel. And I'm like, awesome, what do you mean? She's like, I want to scream in your face too. So we like go to toe to toe and we will like this far away from each other, just That's scream just, I love and scream. That. It's like, so good. like battle rage, right? And I kid you not, like 15 to 30 seconds and we are cracking up. We're hugging yes. each other because we've given that anger space. And you've given it an outlet. We've verbalized. Like we we're bringing that awareness. We're allowing it to pass through us. And yes. we're like, I'm good. You good. Regulate. And if one of us isn't good, you do it again. just keep yelling and then we're fine. <laughs> you allow, you allow yourself to regulate in a Correct. fun way that I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's like, yeah. we want to shun out the ugly. You're not this, you know, this is what people on the fringe do. You can't do this. No, you gotta feel your feelings. You gotta regulate somehow. Yeah. And you know what happens if you don't, and you're a normal person who suppresses their feelings. <laughs> That causes a lot more issues. Your psychotic and you have cancer and yeah. <laughs> it's like, and that's why, that's why like these giant bifurcations, like what happened with, you know, the COVID lockdowns and AI, like they're in a way they're meant to disrupt. And I actually really welcome what that looks yes. like. So it, it's just going to be very interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I love having you on Jessica. You're incredible. Um, please tell our audience where they can find you. If, um, are you, do you have anything open people can get involved in? I know you always have different projects and organizations that you're running. So give us the, how do we find you? Yeah. Come find me on Facebook, Jessica Smith Dos Santos. That's where I'm most active. Send me a friend request, send me a messenger request. I'm sure at some point I'll like max out on friends or whatever, and I'll have to figure that out. But, um, that's the place where I'm most accessible right now. Awesome. Um, yeah, come on over. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I love you have a heart to serve. You show up. Mm -hmm. I've been been a, uh, you know I'm fortunate enough to know a lot of people that you work with and coach, and you just have a very clear knack for finding the next level humans, the leaders, and I know what they're going to do with their children. And I just think it's such a cool ripple that you're making in this world. So parent to parent, girl to girl, I just want to say I love you. Mm -hmm. uh, I appreciate you. And parents, I appreciate you guys for being here. Uh, this is always so fun. Um, please, like I said, throw some feedback our way. Let us know what you guys want out of these podcasts. What you're liking. Um, what do you hope I never talk about again? <laughs> I, I see you and I hear you. Uh, so I'm super excited to uh, to have Jessica on again in the future. So parents, thank you all for what you do. Until the next Perfect Path, stay beautiful, stay inspired. Bye, guys.